All right. Uh, so we're going to be talking about this morning the necessity of Scripture. First, let me say thanks, Dustin, for covering for me last week. Um, I'm sure you did adequately. Kidding. <laughs> 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 I know he did. That's why I said that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about the necessity of Scripture. Can anybody tell me uh, what is Scripture needed for? Why do we need Scripture? Give, give it to me in your own words. Like, Why do we need the Bible? Or do we need it? Is it necessary? Well, to me, because like God's word is, is breathed from Him, and it does—it's like timeless. So, for me to actually like have a real relationship with Him, it, it can't go off of my words or my feelings or It has to be reminded by truth, and so that's what it's there for. So, like, it's not just a reference; like it's something that is breathed like in and out, in and out. So would you say that for a believer, it's absolutely necessary to have God's Word and to spend time in God's Word? Mm-hmm. Yes? Can we all agree? Like, in what ways then, if you did not have God's Word, would you be lacking in your life as a believer? Like, how would you lack? What things would you fall short in if you didn't have God's Word? This is good. So without God's Word, we would not have clear, precise, critical to life details about who God is, how He wants to relate to us, what He's commanded us to do. Like, without God's Word, we can know things about Him. Right, and there, like it's not necessary to have scripture to know that God exists. We're going to look at that. We're going to kind of close with that idea: is that the is that the world is without excuse? Paul would tell us in the book of Romans, because in what God has made, it's clear that we can see that He's powerful. Right? It's clear that we can see, like. We can see details about God in God's creation, but we can't know God personally and intimately without Scripture. Not possible. It is through Scripture that God reveals His deep character and plan for all that He's done to us. So Scripture, one of the characteristics when we consider Scripture itself is the necessity of Scripture. When we talk about the necessity of Scripture, here's what we mean. So the necessity of Scripture means that the Bible is necessary for knowing the Gospel, for maintaining spiritual life, and for knowing God's will. But it's not necessary for knowing that God exists or for knowing something about God's character and moral laws like we can know certain things about who God is in creation but there are things that we can know nothing of without the word of God and this this is critical to us 
when we consider um, when we consider the importance. So let me say it like this: Are there people in the world that don't have God's word available to them? Yes, yes. So if we say that it's necessary to have the scriptures to know the gospel, then is it critical that we find it important to take it to those who do not have it? Right? If, if for you as a believer it's important for you to spend time in God's Word to know God and to grow spiritually, then is it not important? Should we not set it as a priority if we know there are those without this truth to take it to them? Right? Is it? Should that be important to us? Should that be something that we consider as a church important? Absolutely. If it's critical for us, then it's critical for them. If it's necessary for our spiritual growth, it's necessary for theirs as well, right? So, part of when we when we get a greater understanding of our need for scripture it should light a fire within us to take this truth to those who do not have it right so i don't want that to be lost on us as we kind of dig into this today because as we talk about knowing the gospel and maintaining our spiritual life and knowing god's will all of these things are reliant on us having scripture at our disposal Right? So it's important for us there. And we're going to look at a couple of places in Scripture that kind of highlight this for us. Um, we're going to, we're going to look at three major pieces. First, the knowledge of the gospel. Second, we're going to look at, uh, spiritual life. And then we're going to look at, uh, knowledge of God's will for us and how Scripture provides these, uh, in a way that we can't get from creation itself, right? We can't get knowledge of the gospel by looking at all that we see around us, right? Like it's critical that we have scripture, that scripture is preached, um, so that, so that those who have not heard can hear the good news about Christ. So, um, Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 17 is probably in, in my opinion, one of the clearest places to see this, um, we're jumping in many chapters deep into the book of Romans here. So there's a lot of context that's kind of, that kind of builds up to this point. Um, the gospel's been laid out at this point in, in Romans, um, crystal clear by Paul. Um, and now, um, I think, I think what we're going to see in chapter 10 verses 13 through 17 is the clear need for the gospel um, to be taken through uh, through the preaching of, of God's word. So, um, so Romans chapter ten verse thirteen is where I'm going to start. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse fourteen. How then can they call on Him whom they've not believed, and how are they to believe in Him? of whom they have never heard. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good good news. But they have not all believed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through what? The Word of Christ or the Word about 
Christ. So you believe. All of you in this room today, you're believers, right? You have faith, right? Why do you have faith? Why do you, why do you have faith? Because the gospel was preached to you, right? Absolutely. I call it Mark the Spot. Yes. Yes. So here's so so faith comes from hearing, but faith continues in that hearing as well, right? Like Paul in the opening of of the book of Romans talks about from faith to faith, right? Like all of this comes through the Word of God being preached to us through the Word of God being studied as we dig into God's Word ourselves. So faith comes from hearing the Word of God about Christ. Right? It does not come from any other place. It doesn't come from man's opinions. It does not come from looking around us at nature as beautiful as nature is. Like we know who God is and what He has done through Christ, through the Word of God itself. From beginning to end, we see the promises, we see the fulfillment, and then we see the preaching of that fulfillment to the world, right? Like this is, this is the picture that we see playing out through scripture. From the fall to, to the cross, and then from the cross, right? All of this. How do we know what God's plan is? How do we know what God's called us to do? Where do we find that? We find it in God's Word, right? We find it in God's Word. So, God's Word is critical for salvation, right? I don't know how to say this more plainly, but you cannot be saved apart from the preaching of God's Word, right? Like, salvation comes... So faith comes, right? And here's the thing. I think a lot of times, like, like when we consider faith and we consider what faith is, like we forget that there was something major that had to take place before you could ever believe, right? Like before faith was even an option for you, God had to move, right? Like you, you can't have faith unless there's something to put your faith in, right? So God moves in the world in an unprecedented way. He sends preachers to preach the gospel and they have done that faithfully for centuries. That's why you are here today, right? You are here today because God's Word has continued to be preached and taught and shared. There is a... From, from, from the cross... To us, there is a long line of men and women sharing with one another the Word of God. And that Word bringing faith to the table for those who would believe. Right? If the Word of God was not preached to you, you could not believe. You could not. What would you believe in, the Bible says? Right? How would you believe? Like that's the whole chain of thinking that he's that he's going through here. How then can they call on him in whom they have not believed? Or 
excuse me. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Right? That whole chain is who sent? God sent, right? Christ sent. And because He sent, they preached. And because they preached, others heard. And because they heard, they believed. Like, run that chain backwards. Because without the preacher, without the one being sent, without the one sending, there is no place for you to believe. Right? So the Gospel comes to us through God's Word. God's Word is necessary for belief. So when you think about how you share in your workplace, when you think about the life that you live amongst your peers, and we we oftentimes will will come up with catchy phrases, right? Like 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 that simply by the way that you live someone will come to, to salvation. Like If you do not preach the gospel, if the gospel is not shared, they will not come to believe, right? If they happen to come to believe simply by the way that you lived your life, someone else has preached to them, and your life, your life echoed that, right? Do y'all get what I mean by that? Like that it's necessary even in the place, like yes, 100% live your life as a reflection of God's word, This is why it's important for spiritual growth as well. But the gospel must be preached, right? You must share the truth of who Christ is with them for them to believe, right? And part of that is absolutely living your life in accordance with what Scripture calls you or the way that Scripture calls you to live your life. But you must share the gospel. It is necessary that you share from God's Word for those to come to faith. Alright, so John chapter 3, uh, we're, let's look at a couple of different places. and I, We're probably running a little short on time today. Um, so, John chapter 3, and we're going to be in John chapter 14 as well. Um, a couple of other places here. So, John chapter 3, verse... 18, Um, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the the name of the only Son of God, right? So here we see that, that by not hearing the gospel, by not believing, you are already condemned, right? So God's Word shows us how critical it is for us to hear Christ, to hear about Christ, to hear the work of Christ, right? Because it's not as though, like when we consider those who have not heard the gospel yet, right? When we consider those who, who are in a place that they've not heard the gospel, and we think to ourselves, like, 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 surely they wouldn't be condemned, they've never heard the gospel the gospel preached. That's the, that tends to be the way that we think about the unreached, right? Is that surely God wouldn't condemn them because they haven't heard the gospel preached. They're not condemned because they've never heard about Christ. They've, they're condemned because they are in fact sinners. Just as we were sinners, right? They are condemned already is what Scripture tells us. Their only hope for not being condemned is hearing about what Christ has done for them, right? 
So, Scripture is necessary for them. We must take the Gospel to those who have never had the Gospel. Whether it's not in their language yet, or whether they've just not been reached out to yet. Like, it is critical, absolutely critical, that we see that as something that we here at Mount Carmel put as a priority. Where in the world has the gospel not been taken to? And how can we use whatever resources or time or abilities that we have to get it there? Why? Because it's necessary for them to hear this truth. Because without this truth, they are condemned already. Right? For them to know God, the gospel must be preached to them. For them to know God in a way that saves them. They have a knowledge of Him that condemns them. Right? They can see all around them that there is something. But they cannot be, they cannot from creation understand the gospel, right? The gospel understanding comes through the preaching of the word about Christ, right? So absolutely critical that we preach the gospel, that we take the gospel to those places that it has not yet, uh, that it has not yet been, uh, preached. Uh, so John 14, And six, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? So if there's, if we need more clarity on the, on how essential it is that the, that the name of Christ, that the work that Christ performed that we have in Scripture is preached, it's this, that there is no way to the Father except for Christ Himself and this is from His words, right? So absolutely critical that we understand that. And this should, like I say, this should be one of those things that lights a fire within us, a passion within us, that we would take the gospel to, the, to places that it has uh, yet to be taken to or that we work in some way that that's something that we consider to be important uh, as individuals and as a, as a church as well. So um, I want us to, to now consider um, the importance of Scripture, the necessity of Scripture for uh, our spiritual life, our spiritual life, maintaining spiritual life, growing in, uh, growing from, from children to uh, spiritual, spiritual maturity. Uh, so let's start looking at that. We're going to look in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 4. So Matthew chapter four verse four, and this is again as uh, this is Christ speaking here. Uh, but he answered, this is speaking of Christ. But he answered, "It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God." So as and he's quoting here, like like Jesus here is quoting scripture um, that that we find as he's being tempted by Satan. Um, what does Jesus do? Where does Jesus go to? What's, so, so when Jesus faces temptation, where does Jesus find an answer? Where does Jesus find strength? Where does Jesus find a response? He finds it in Scripture. So we, when we face temptation, should we be thinking that we should look in another place? Right? Is there another location that would be better for us than it was for Christ Himself. So when we consider the necessity of Scripture for spiritual help, for spiritual well-being, is it necessary? Right? So he's a, look, look at what He's doing here. Like, man shall not live by bread alone. Like, if you do not eat, you what? 
you die. Right? Like, this is, this is not a difficult concept. Go without eating long enough, you die. And so Jesus is saying, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of from the mouth of God. So when he's thinking about how necessary Scripture is, how necessary the Word of God is, how important does he think it is? It's life. This is yes. Like if you don't eat, you can't function properly. You know how it is. Like if. I love my wife. If she goes a little while without eating, she gets straight hangry, right? Like she becomes a different person sometimes. All of my kids are the same exact way. <laughs> like go without eating for a little bit of time and you become something different, right? Like, <laughs> like it's like feed that woman. <laughs> and then she gets a little food and she's good to go back to normal. So... <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> and it was a long way without food, and it's like I know I'm, I know I'm in trouble. So just like don't say anything, <laughs> don't, because you don't want to like trip it off of one end or the other, right? <laughs> Five hours later. I'm sorry we'll never let that happen again. So if it's like that with 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 physical nourishment, how much more important do you think? Like here's the thing, like you you your body, if you go without eating, lets you know, right? Like you get hungry. And because that's so natural to us that we can, we can, we hear that very easily, right? Like, we, we don't have to, well, like, what is that feeling in the gut of my, of my stomach? Like, we don't ask ourselves what that, we're like, I need to get something to eat, right? Like, we don't, every time we get hungry, we're not like, what is that feeling? That is a strange thing. Like, we've, we, we pretty quickly can understand what that is. I think that when it comes to spiritual hunger, though, we don't have the same tuning there. Like, like we think that it's something else, right? Like, when we're spiritual hungry, we think, well, I'm depressed, or life's not good, or it's this, or it's that, or it's the other. And here's what I want to say. Try eating. Try eating, right? Maybe you're hangry, right? Maybe you're spiritual, <laughs> spiritually hangry. <laughs> Maybe if you eat for a little bit, you'll feel healthy again, right? Yes, yes, like eat and drink from Scripture. It's absolutely necessary for your spiritual life. More, it is more important for you as a believer that you spend time in God's Word than eat. Right? It, it, I, do you all hear me when I say that? That as a believer, it is more important for you that you spend time with God in His Word than it is important for you to eat. Right? Why would I say that? Because if you go without eating, you will die. If you go without spiritually eating, others will die. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? 
Like that's that's important for us to understand that your spiritual health. Like you are a believer, right? Worst thing that happens to you is you die, right? You are a believer placed here where you are for the well-being of others, for the life of others. And you cannot be a source of life for them if you are not in God's Word for yourself. Right? It is absolutely necessary that we see the importance of God's Word for our spiritual health because just as, as if I went weeks and weeks and weeks without eating, I would deteriorate and I would not be effect, be able to live effectively in this world doing anything. I'll be helpful to no one. The same way, if you neglect spiritual food, you will become gangly, you will become bedridden, you will become ineffective for God in what He's called us to in this world. It is absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary for your spiritual well-being as well as the well-being of others that you spend time in God's Word. God's Word is necessary. Uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 32. Let's flip there real quick. So Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 47. And this is this is Moses here speaking speaking about the word of God um, itself, um, and here he says again speaking about God's word. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life. And by this word you shall live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. So when when Moses considered the word of God that God had given to them for spiritual life. Like how how important, how critical did he consider it to be? He says, This is no empty word. Like this is this is not vain. This is not empty, but it is your very life. Right? Is scripture necessary for life? It would seem to indicate scripture would seem to indicate that it is absolutely necessary for spiritual life. Let's flip now to First uh, Peter chapter one. We're going to read from verse twenty-two down through verse uh, three of chapter two. So First Peter chapter one. I'm going to start reading <clears throat> in verse twenty-two. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for sincere brotherly love, uh, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. Through what? Through the Word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. Grass withers, and the flower falls, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. And this Word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So what does Scripture do? As, as, as Mom was speaking to earlier from this idea of from faith to faith, right? What does Scripture 
what does Scripture do for us spiritually as we spend time in it? Just as as you eating is necessary for you to grow and remain strong, the Scriptures, spending time in God's Word, is necessary for you to grow up from a babe to a mature adult in God's Word. Right? We ha- We so often find that we have grown-ups who are babies when it comes to spiritual reality. Right? Why is this? Why is it? What, what, what would God's Word say if you find yourself a baby? Here's the thing. I don't have to, I don't have to tell my kids to grow up. Right? Like I'm, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my daughter, nine, about to be ten years old, and I'm thinking, where did the time go? What did I, like, I didn't make her go from being a baby to something else, right? Apart from feeding her. Right? Like she grew. If we'd not fed her, what would happen? She would have died long ago. <laughs> or somebody would have come taking her from us because we were bad parents. <laughs> so, if we eat, we grow. Many times, and I think you, you think, well, I, like what we'll do is we'll blame it on some, like, it's some fictional idea of our inabilities, right? Like, I'm not as smart enough. I'm not capable. I'm simple minded. I'm this. I'm not that. I'm not as smart as. Eat. Do you hear me? Eat, and you will grow. Eat, and you will grow. It's not a matter of capabilities, right? It's a matter of who you are. Like, babies are made that if they are nourished, they grow. You will grow if you eat. But you're not eating. That's what happens. If you find yourself not growing, you're not eating. Eat. Spend time in God's Word. It is necessary for spiritual growth. It's also necessary for knowing God's will. Uh, we've got a, a couple of minutes left. I'm going to jump through a couple of places in Scripture for us to see this. Uh, so back in Deuteronomy, let's flip back over to Deuteronomy chapter 29. Uh, we're going to look at verse 29. So Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Right. So God's Word is given to us so that we can know how it is that we're supposed to live. So if you're asking yourself, like if you're praying and you're saying, I want to know God's will for my life, you're not going to find God's will for your life apart from planting yourself in God's Word. Right. If you find your, like, obey God, obey the laws of God, Chase after the, the, chase after Christ. Chase after the work that He's placed out in front of us to do. That's what God's will for your life is. We look over in Matthew chapter 28. If you're wondering, like, what's God's will for my life, believer? This is God's will for your life. Matthew chapter 28, 
verse 18 to the end. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Scripture gives us clear understanding of God's will for our life. It's, it's not question. There, there should be no question for us what's God's will for our lives. Right? Maybe in how it plays out. Right? But God's will for your life is to take the truth of His gospel to the ends of the world. Whether you're doing that actively in Cordova, Alabama or Birmingham, Alabama or whether you're getting on a plane and going some, to some other country. Like you, your, God's will for your life is that you tell others about the work that He has done. There are those in this world who have not heard the gospel, who are lost without the gospel, and you may very well be the one who brings it to them. Go. That's His will for, for you. And God's Word's necessary for us to understand that. How do I know that's the case? Because so oftentimes, even though we've heard it, we don't get it. So we have to keep going back to this. We have to keep harping on this. You want to know what His will for your life is? Read God's Word. You'll find it. It's clear. Even though there's many of us that don't want to hear that, that that sounds inconvenient, that is what God's Word is telling us. Right? And it's necessary for us to continue in that so that we can understand that that is God's will for our lives. Right? Wherever you are, wherever you go, there you share God's word with others. If you're not doing that, if you need to know how to do that, do you know where you find the answers for that? You find it in God's word. Right? You find it in God's word. God is nece- God's word is necessary. Uh, to reveal these things to us. Very quickly, um, I just want us to cover uh, some of the things that God's Word is not necessary uh, for general knowledge of, of, of God and that God exists. These are things that, that uh, Scripture would show us are, are kind of embedded in, uh, in us as humans. So uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 19 through 21 gives us an idea of this. For what we know about God, or, or for what can be known about God, is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were dark, and claiming to be wise, they became fools and and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, uh, impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves. And he goes on there. Um, and then down in verse 32, kind of continuing here. Though they know God's righteousness, so this is Romans one thirty-two. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. So there is some, there is some amount of uh, knowledge of uh, God's uh, moral law um, and the necessity to follow that moral law that's embedded within... Uh, within us from 
from birth. It's kind of built into our, our, our nature. We would like refer to this as conscious or conscience. Um, so this is not, this is not um, sufficient to bring us to salvation. It is sufficient to bring us to clear understanding of guilt. Right? Like we can know easily that we have, that we have done wrong because we can feel that within ourselves, right? Even without having to be told. But we can't know the, 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 uh, full depth of that depravity. We cannot know the necessity for the gospel, for salvation without the preaching of the gospel to us, which is why it's absolutely critical for us to take the gospel to those, uh, who do not have it. 